not insignificant to the Lord that we gather. Amen. Even if it's as many as we have here, you know? And I was just thinking as you guys were leading worship, which was so amazing, good job, Annie and Jordan. Um, I was thinking, you know, I'm so grateful that we have a little church that tries to equip people, you know? It's not just, you know, only if you are good enough to be on the voice can you be on the stage, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? I just, I love that the kids will get up and try and learn and grow and be equipped. And I think it's super important and we don't, we don't even realize how important it is to the Lord that we are equipping people, even if it's like little by little, one step at a time, My son Josh had this um, dream last week where he saw me building a wall and I was using one by one inch blocks. You know, I mean, this is the prayer wall. I mean, that's what we're doing. One person by one person. We got the Legos going, you know. It's like one block by one block and the mortar is love, you know, and family. And we, we put this thing together, and after a while, we have enough little one-by-one-inch squares to make one brick. So this is what we're doing here. It might seem completely insignificant, but it's not insignificant to the Lord. Yes. Like, he trained just a few people. That was it. And to be honest, like, his 12 disciples did not really get it. Like, he was going to the cross, and they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Like, even though he told them plainly, I'm going to die, I'm going to be rejected by people, they're going to whip me, they're going to put me on a cross. And his disciples are like, they had, they're like, I don't know what he's talking about. You know? They just didn't get it at all. Instead, they were arguing among themselves. Because they knew he was the Messiah. They knew he was someone so great. They had that knowledge. And they thought, we're his buddies. We're going to get on the right and left of him. We're going to be somebody in this earth. That's what they thought. And it wasn't really that way. It's kind of right. But they didn't know they were all going to be martyred first. You know, go through crucifixion themselves, die martyr deaths. They didn't didn't understand at the time they were living for another age. Like what happens here, we're living for another age. The age when Jesus comes back to the earth and rules and reigns on the earth. And so we're still in that same age. It's the age of martyrs. We actually have more martyrs today than there ever has been in history. More Christian martyrs are happening in our day than have ever happened. And that's only going to increase because the Lord is getting ready to return, right? And he told us ahead of time there's going to be tremendous tribulation coming. And so 
If everybody wants to grab some notes right here on the table, I'm going to be looking at the first page. Don't be afraid that there's five pages of notes. You can use it for a Bible study if you want to. <laughs> but today I'm pretty much just going to be looking at the first page. Um, how then are we to live? And Dan's been speaking on the end times. And um, this is like a very important question. Because last week we had such a fun prayer meeting at Parkway um, on Wednesday night. And um, as I was praying, it just kind of hit me, you know, final exams are coming. You know, the kids had their final exams this week. And, you know, there's a fair amount of stress <laughs> that goes on with that, especially if maybe they should have been doing more studying, right, all the way along the trimester instead of trying to do it all in the last week. Um, but that's how, that's how this is. The, the times before Jesus returns, it's like a final exam. It's a time of testing. It's a time of testing. And if we haven't grown in the Lord in some measure of depth before all this stuff starts happening, we're in trouble. You know, just like you'd be in trouble if you did not do any of your homework the whole trimester and then... Boom, you got two days to study for the final and you got to learn the whole trimester in one. You know, you try to do a pull an all nighter. You know, I got to pass this class. I'm pulling an all nighter. We've had a little bit of that happening at our house. <laughs> but you know, God has mercy and grace too. And He helps us even when, like, we should have been doing what we should have been doing and maybe we really fell short of what we should have been doing. However, when we cry out to God, he helps us. He's, he so helps us. So, um, I just want to look at a couple verses, and I'll have you look up some verses that aren't on your notes here, too, and we'll just talk a little bit about, um, you know, this final exam that's coming, which is the whole earth is going to come under great distress trial and tribulation and um, because it, this is the season that we live in um, you know, I don't know if you've read the book of Revelation or the book of Daniel or some of these there's about 150 chapters in here that talk about the second coming of Christ it's a lot of material <laughs> 150. There's 150 chapters in here. There's about 87 on the first coming. But there's 150 chapters. What is that? What's that? Is that the Bible? Yeah, this is the Bible. This is the Bible. Okay. And um, so, what does that say? That says we, we need to be reading and studying this stuff. We can't just go oh well, I think we're all going to be out of here anyway because that's what I heard from someone. No, maybe not. You know, I don't, I don't think so. There's not that much scripture to back that, that up that one day, one day we're just going to all disappear and 
get out of this place and then the bad stuff's going to happen. Not really. I mean, the Lord equips us in our inner man, strengthens us so that we go through the stuff victoriously. He's not like, yeah, I'm taking you out of here. It's more like, no, I'm going to so put myself in you that you'll be fine as you go through stuff. And so that's more what we see in the scripture. He equips us to go through trial and tribulation. Um, But what I was going to say is, you remember the scripture that says, um, woe to those who are pregnant and nursing babies in that day. It's talking about the day of the Lord. I don't know if you remember that verse. But, um, and so we all kind of think, yeah, it would be really hard for a pregnant mom and nursing, you know, nursing, like, all this stuff's going on, right? Yes, in the natural, that would, yes, it's going to be hard. But I think there's more to that scripture, you know? And I think you have to remember that there's multiple levels of revelation on everything in scripture. There's so much revelation in scripture, Woe to those who are nursing babes in that day can also mean that we have a whole lot of churches and a whole lot of pastors that are teaching still just the milk of the word. Just a little bit of, let me tell you a little bit about Jesus. Kind of like a Young Life Club, right? Young Life Club is for people who don't even know the Lord, really. And they just, they, they can't give them too much. Because most of them aren't even born again yet. So they give them like five minutes of something out of here, you know. Just a tiny bit of milk or, you know, just a little bit. So that they can just get a taste. And hopefully come back the next week and hear more. But when our churches are kind of like Young Life Clubs, if they're just giving us just a little bit, you know, just a little bit of milk of the word, but we're not really getting equipped in our inner man and growing in maturity up into full maturity, it's like that scripture, woe to those who are nursing babes in that day. Woe to those shepherds who are feeding their flocks milk in that day and they haven't prepared their people. There's another one. Here's another one. You know that verse for Christmas? The shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks by night. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we just say these verses for Christmas, right? The shepherds were keeping watch. It's probably, you know, Luke 2 or whatever. The shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now think about that. Shepherds who keep watch over their flocks by night... These are shepherds who are up in the night praying over their people. They're keeping watch over their flocks by night. They're so intense about watching over their flock that they would stay up at night to pray for their people. So what happens with those shepherds who keep watch over their flocks by night? Well, what happened in the Bible? The heavens opened, right? They saw the angelic host. They encountered Jesus. They had a massive, heavenly, revelatory encounter, right? I mean, we we think of the Christmas story. We're like, we just make it into, you know, like a fairy tale, but it really happened. 
Like these shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks, the heavens opened, they saw angels, they saw tons of angelic hosts. They went, they were able to find Jesus who was just born. It, I mean, crazy story, right? But there's multiple revelation on that scripture. Shepherds who keep watch over the flocks by night, that's gonna happen, okay? In the end times. Those who are keeping watch over their flocks, you know, preparing, just covering their flocks in prayer, they're going to have open heaven, encountering Jesus. They're going to be more prepared for what's coming. So, um, final exam is coming. Uh, If you look at, like, paragraph A here, the study of the end times is of great value to us because... We are actually gazing upon the beauty and the leadership of Jesus at the climax of human history. And it's actually intended to produce in us a response of longing, like where we long for him to come back. It's not supposed to produce in us fear or, oh no, or this is not how I thought life was going to go. No, it's supposed to produce in us such a wonder and an awe. The man, Christ Jesus, he's not coming as a baby this time. Like he's coming fully grown and to take over the earth. It's going to be the most awesome, awesome day ever. He's going to split the sky open and descend on a white horse. It's for real. He is the prince coming to get the princess on the white horse, right? The fairy tales are true. So, when we get to know who Jesus is, we will have such a longing for the end times and we won't be afraid because we'll be in great union with him. When we're in tremendous union with him, we just can't be afraid of anything. I know that seems like almost impossible because all of us fear, but it's true. It's like we really, he intends us to grow so much, to grow in love so much that we are no longer afraid. Um, anybody want to read Ephesians 117? Danny. Okay. I would read it, but. Ephesians 1.17. We pray it in here a lot. It's one of our favorite prayers to pray in the prayer room. And when we're speaking of a spirit of wisdom and revelation, we can go right to Ephesians 1.17. Because it's a prayer from the Apostle Paul to the church. Uh, to start in verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Okay, so what is Paul praying for the church? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and that you may know what is the hope of his calling, 
what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So what is Paul praying? He's praying for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know the man Christ Jesus at this deep level. Because um, knowing him at this deep level is what's going to root us and ground us for the end times. Let's see. Um, paragraph B. We ask God continually for the spirit of wisdom so that we would know Jesus better. If we do not know him as he truly is, we will miss God's heart in the end times, and we may be in danger of being unprepared, deceived, or even offended and fall away, the scriptures on all of those, um, when Jesus returns. So that's why it's super important for us to continue to pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know Jesus better so we will be ready when this final exam comes. And you know what? We need to start now. We can't cram for this final. Like, it's not going to go well for us if we're trying to cram for the final of all finals. we got to start now in getting to know this man, Jesus. It takes time. It takes a lot of time to get to know him well. It really, really does. He's a real person, and we have to, we have to spend that time with him. Um, Paragraph C speaks of the sons of Issachar who had wisdom of the times in which they lived, so they knew how to live life in light of the times in which they were living. Okay, so they were known as those people who had a spirit of wisdom. We need to get that kind of same spirit, a spirit of wisdom that we understand the times in which we're living so that we don't waste time, we don't squander it, and we are prepared for what's coming. Um, Roman numeral 2, Fasted Lifestyle, Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is vital in the end times. It is the wisdom of God to live in such a way in this hour so that when we build in this life, what we build in this life will last and not be destroyed or stolen from us. In view of the end times, this is the only thing that we will carry over in the age to come. So let's look at, um, well, we can read this scripture that's here, Matthew 7. Does somebody want to read the scripture that's on the paper in front of you? Matthew 7, 25. Okay. Okay. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Okay, so that's right out of Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. So that's, um, it's all red letters in your Bible, if you have a red letter Bible. It's the words of Jesus. Jesus is teaching in Sermon on the Mount, and he's, he's saying, if you will listen to these words and put them into practice, you will be secure. You will be on a secure foundation. Um, so I'm going to go to another scripture. Someone has a Bible. Second Peter, chapter three. Okay. 
Second Peter 3, starting in verse 10. Who has it? Yeah, Second Peter 3.10, but read through 3.13. Jordan, you want to read it for us? To where? Through 3.13. For the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, He will see it. He will set the heavens on fire, and the elements will melt away in the flames. Wait, all the elements? Yeah. Okay, verse 13. Keep going. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. Okay, Danny, can you read 14 through 18? Yes, here's that. Wait, what? Keep going. Second Peter three fourteen through eighteen. Oh my gosh, it's really Okay. Um. Just read it. Okay. Four, wait. Fourteen what? and eighteen. Fourteen through eighteen. Okay. Um. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to the to. Be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and, bla- and blameless, and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, and also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. What am I reading to? Eighteen. As also in all his epistles, 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 speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, you were lest you also fall from your unsteadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Jesus, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory about that for a minute. Right. So... He's speaking of this day of the Lord, right? Which sounds like, whoa, fire that's going to burn up everything. But his new heaven and new earth will come, filling, filling, um, being filled with righteousness. And so knowing that all this stuff is going to happen, how, therefore, should we live? And that's what the last part that Danny read, being steadfast. Um, looking forward to these things, being diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. I mean, that's just like an amazing verse. So he's talking about everything's going to be burned with fire. So be steadfast and looking forward to it and be at peace. (laughs) You know, this is such a crazy thing to say when you're actually thinking about it. 
So anyways, I'll just wrap this up, but what we're doing in this prayer room is to, one of the main reasons why we exist is to know the man Jesus. We spend time in here so we know him. We know him so well. We know he's love. He's full of love. He loves us. We love him. We're successful because we love him and he loves us. And um, as we draw near to him, we're going to get this peace that passes all understanding, which casts out all fear. There's no place for fear when we are totally and fully in love with Jesus. And so that's what this whole space is about. So we can spend a lot of time with him, reading the scriptures, singing the scriptures, thinking about Jesus, looking at the cross, getting rooted and grounded in love, being filled with peace, knowing that in a minute all hell's going to break loose in the earth. However, we don't have to be carried away by that. We can be so in love with Jesus, so filled with his peace, so filled with his love. In those days, and here, look up one more scripture. Daniel eleven thirty-two. We'll end on this one. Because Daniel, Daniel is a major end times book, by the way. Daniel and Revelation are two of the most important end time books in the Bible. So in Daniel eleven thirty-two, who's got it? I got it. Jordan. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, covenant he shall corrupt, corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So the, again in a easier version. Yeah. People who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. There's another part to it, too. Maybe it's a little bit after that. I can find it. Did you find it in a different version? Yeah. I can. It's not coming to me. Oh. He shall seduce and flattery those who violate the covenant, <coughs> but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. And those, let's see. Um, people who know their God shall stand Thank you. That's it. Okay. If we go on a little bit more, okay. And, and those, yeah. Let's, let's just continue on a little bit more. Verse 33, and those of the people who understand shall instruct many people. Right? So in those days when we know Jesus well and we understand his ways, that, yeah, a lot of stuff's coming down. However, he's full of love. He's so full of zeal. He's coming for his bride. He's, he's, he's coming with judgments to take out the Antichrist regime and wicked and evil on the earth. That's what he's going to take out. He's not coming to judge us, his beloved. Okay? He's coming to judge the Antichrist and the, and the evil regime in the earth that is getting more and more widespread 
That's what those judgments are for. They're not for his people. Okay, so we don't have to be afraid at all. We can be, we can be um, at peace during these times. And not only that, when all stuff is coming down, we can be those who understand and instruct many others, okay, to help them. So when people are like, what is going on in the earth right now? I don't understand what's happening. We can say, this is what's happening. Let me give you some Bible, you know? There's so many, so many chapters in here that have not been taught in depth, you know? All these minor prophets, these prophets in the Old Testament, there's so much in here that's speaking of Jesus' return. Book of Zechariah is another one. It's like, Book of Zechariah is like the Book of Revelation of the Old Testament. It matches up. If you read Zechariah, read Revelation, you'll see a lot of parallel. Book of Isaiah is another one. So much in there. The Book of Isaiah is like a mini Bible. There are 66 chapters, I think, in Isaiah. And the first, um, how many are like the Old Testament? Do you know? I forget. Goes to like 45 or something like that. Anyways, the first part of Isaiah is all parallel to the Old Testament. And then the last chapters of Isaiah are all parallel to the New Testament. And when you read that, you're like, oh my goodness, this is like a mini Bible. It's telling you like the whole story um, in terms of Israel, but it's like the story of the earth as well. So there's so much in these books. And so it's so important that we get to know Jesus in his word because he's all the way through this. He's all the way in this and through this. Every single scripture is really speaking of Jesus, 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 Jesus. So that's why we want to pray this word. We want to sing this word. We want to get this word into us. We want to interact with this word. This is a living word. So as we read Bible verses, we we get into a conversation with Jesus. We're like, show me, teach me, guide me, Holy Spirit in me. What does this mean for my life? Okay? It's not just um, something for our intellect. It's actually something for our spirit. It's... It's way deeper than in our, our intellect. All right, well, let's, um, let's go ahead and pray and close up. We'll have our amazing worship team come back up. And we'll sing around some of these passages and pray around them. Thank you, Lord. God, right now I just, I thank you, Lord, for this time. God, I thank you for this prayer room, Lord. This place we can come every day, Lord. We can come every day and we can encounter you. Lord, we can think about the cross. We can think about what you did. We can read your word and ask you to unpack it to our hearts. God, we can begin to get ready for the final exam, Lord, that's coming upon the whole earth. There's going to be testing upon the whole earth. God, I pray that we would be ready. God, we wouldn't be caught off guard. We wouldn't think we could cram for this final can't cram for the final we got to do a little bit each day of getting to know you so that we will be at peace we will be at rest we will be 
fully in love with you. We will be fully mature in you. We wouldn't be those nursing babes caught unaware. God, we would be we would be like those shepherds who are keeping watch over their flocks by night. They're praying. They're watching over those entrusted to them. They're helping them to get ready. Where the heavens open and they encounter you at ever deeper levels. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would root us and ground us in your love. Make us, make us ready for this final exam, Lord. This testing that's coming upon the earth. And Lord, all of us go through testing even before all this stuff comes down. You're going to give us little tests to help us grow so that we'll be ready for bigger tests. So God, thank you for all the little trials, God, the tribulations where we must trust you. We must believe you. We must trust you. And we can't do it all of ourselves. We can't take care of ourselves. We have to trust you. We have to believe you for what you want to do. So God, we just lay down, Lord, our burdens. We lay down the things that are burdening us that, that we think we have to um, take care of ourselves, Lord. And we just place it at the foot of the cross. We just 